Welcome to the Clio for Teachers and Teams podcast. In this podcast, I share practical tips and tricks for implementing Clio into your organization, within your school, or in your lesson. My name is Patrick de Boer, and I'm a Clio teacher from the Netherlands, as well as a Clio teacher trainer and coach. And in this podcast, I'd like to share my ideas and experiences with you in order to get Clio on top of your mind. Have fun listening. Here we go, another episode of the Clear for Teachers and Teams podcast. Thank you again for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. This session, this this episode, I want to talk with you about retention, about repeating, about rehearsing, all those things that basically mean the same thing, making sure that students repeat things. And on one hand, I think every teacher knows that you can't just teach them something once and then assume they understand and can do it and then just um, never discuss it again, only ask them to remember it during a summative test. Um, But on the other hand, a lot of lessons are still built up that way, you know, where you make a planning and say, well, all of these lessons, we're going to do paragraph one, then next lesson, paragraph two, third lesson, paragraph three, etc. And that's fine. I do the same thing, as long as there's a lot of retention and, and, and repeating in there as well. And that's the topic of today. I want to share with you a bit of research on that. Um, I got the inspiration from another podcast that was actually talking about the same topic. And I thought, oh, this is really worth sharing, but also from a clear perspective, right? Um, because a lot of these kind of research, this research is based on general education. And I also like to talk with you about what this means for clear education. Now, let me start with, with sharing a bit of a story from last week. Um, a class of mine was doing a test and one girl that I made a bit of a joke with that she was going to score a 10 because she understood everything quite well handed in her test and I asked her how it went and she said well it went quite well but I didn't know that specific question and I was a bit surprised because as I said she was a good student she is a good student and um, I didn't expect her to not understand the question at all so I had a look at that question And the question was, in my opinion, one of the easiest ones of the test. It was the question what the name of a certain graph was. And I asked her, didn't you you study this or whatever? And she just said, no, I'd forgotten about it. And I knew that I had discussed this topic two lessons before the test. And I had made all students copy it in their notebooks. So she did have it in their notes. She just had not remembered. Now, on one hand, of course, you can argue... You want students to prepare for a test and go through the notes and study those, you know, so she might have remembered then. But I also thought, okay, whenever I introduce something during a lesson series, I always make sure it comes back a couple of times throughout the next part of the lesson series. And I thought, when did I rehearse this? And I quickly knew the answer. It was, uh, I never did. Because I had only introduced this two or three lessons prior to the test, one of the last lessons before I started rehearsing things. I had not taken the time to rehearse this specific topic in detail again. And this was exactly the thing that she had forgotten. Whereas I was sure that if I had reviewed this again once or twice, she would have gotten this question correct. Because it really wasn't that hard to remember. Now this is something that is called the Ebbinghaus effect. 
Um, Herman Emlinghaus wrote a book on this. He did a little research in this back in 1885, so it's been a while. Um, and if you Google this, you will find a lot of nicely looking curves. Obviously, with this being a podcast, I can't show you an image. But if you Google um, uh, Ebbinghaus learning co- curve or Ebbinghaus forgetting curve or, or all those phrases, um, retention curve is also called, you will quickly see an image of a basically um, a hyperbolic graph, which is actually the, the type of graph that a student has to remember, which starts really high and goes down over time really quickly, which shows the retention rate of students when they learn something new. In his research, he shared that after 20 minutes, people who have learned something will already have forgotten 42%. And after 60 days, about 90 And I'll share the resources and the research in the show notes so you can, you know, read up under that yourself. But these numbers, well, were a bit surprising to me. Um, because you don't want students to forget 40, more than 40% after 20 minutes. Because that means you could have probably explained a lot less. Um, it has to do with a lot of things, of course. How engaging is your instruction? How long are you talking? There's lo- so many factors that also play a role here. So I don't want to put this out there as being a black and white truth. I just do want, I do want to point it out there to help you realize that if you explain things, quite a large part of what you explain will be forgotten by students really soon. And one way to make sure that this doesn't happen and that is actually that that retention curve that I was talking about is by repeating it. Because if you Google this, you will also find images where you have that curve, but then after a while there will be a spike and it will go down again, another spike and it will go down again. And those spikes are actually the moments where the the content is being rehearsed. And by doing that, by rehearsing things, not only do you provide a bit of a spike in understanding, but the deterioration rate is going down. In other words, more is remembered over time and the line is not going down as far as it did right from the start. So the more times you rehearse something, the less likely it is that students will forget a large part of it. Now, there will always be part of it that will be forgotten. You can't expect students to remember every single detail. I once um, had a discussion with a colleague who was really surprised that students didn't understand something in a test, which he had apparently never checked before, and that he definitely did explain four weeks ago. I didn't know how to respond to that because I knew, well, if you explain something and then expect students to fully remember that four weeks from now without any rehearsal, without any repetition, you know, that that's that's maybe not setting your expectations right. Now, as I said, this is all nice. This is all about real education. And I really like this, this research backing what I've been saying for a while and what a lot of people are saying, not just me, is that you should activate prior knowledge. And this has to do with good education. It also has to do with good CLIL education because whenever you teach CLIL, you don't talk about content only, you also talk about the language. So that means that when you activate prior knowledge, when you start repeating things from previous lessons, you also rehearse the language. For example, by focusing on difficult concepts that were introduced in the last lesson. Um, So asking students to explain a difficult concept in their own words at the start of the next lesson, or maybe at the end of the lesson, asking them to summarize that in their own words. Ask students to explain 
things to each other, motivating language output, and not just about step-by-step procedures or solving a problem or answering a question, but really focusing on new concepts and um, which EDI, um, um, Explicit Direct Instruction, also focuses on a lot, making sure the students understand the concepts. And if you in a clue lesson find that students might lack the language to do so, you can either provide a lot of scaffolding or talk about what they're missing a bit and, 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 and reintroduce that because it might also be previous concepts that students have forgotten. I um, once had a situation where I asked at the end of a lesson, so what's the one thing you take away from this? What's the most important thing you learned in this lesson? And the students shared something that I had introduced two or three lessons before, but apparently this was the moment that for this particular student, it finally made sense. And that of course is great to know that it eventually made sense, but it also shows that not everything that you explain immediately makes a lot of sense to students. Now, I also want to give you some practical ideas here. Um, so, so I want to share three, well, clear activities, if you will, that you can do in your lesson to make sure that you make sh do something with this retention. Now, one is the opening question activity. I've probably shared it before. You probably have, if you've you know been reading up on what I do, this is an activity I share a lot. I also use it in my own lessons a lot, where I start the lesson with just asking a couple of questions based on the previous lesson or lessons. Um, and I always use Bloom's taxonomy to formulate those questions. So there is one knowledge-based question, which is often focusing on language, new concepts, or asking to explain things. There's always an application question where students use something we did last lesson in a situation. And there's always a more difficult question, um, which has to do with analyzing or evaluating to also make sure that students who might actually remember everything from previous lesson also get a more challenging problem. Um, and to see if they can do something with this old information in new situations or ask them to find mistakes in the calculation, whatever, something like that. Those are retention activities. Um, and you might say, well, that takes time. Yes, it does. It, it takes me 10, 15 minutes in lesson to do this. But by doing this, I barely ever have to do a homework discussion because by doing this, I also immediately tackle some of the questions I will probably get when we discuss homework, you know, so there is that way I save some time again. Another activity that I really like to, to share with you is choice board activity, where you give students a series of tasks with different points and the points assigned to the tasks are based on either um, um, difficulty or, or time that has passed since the initial explanation. And then you tell students to score a total of points. So for example, they need to score 10 points. And then they can select multiple easy ones or just a few difficult ones. And that's up to them. But that way you also start rehearsing things because you can assign the points in a way that the more difficult ones are the ones that are have been explained a longer time ago. Um, and by asking them these questions, they also rehearse those things. And the last activity that I want to share is the alphabet activity. Um, it's one of my favorites. It basically means you provide students with an alphabet and you ask them to complete um, this scaffold a brainstorm of sorts um, with on a topic with as many different starter letters as possible. So, for example, in a teacher training, I would say, well, write down anything related to CLIL, you know, based with, with different starting letters in one or two minutes. The, the reason I really like this activity is A, it activates a lot of language, of course, but B, it also makes students 
um, aware of a lot of language that has been used before, if you afterwards try to complete an alphabet together, they realize, they hear other students say words that they had forgotten, or they will ask, hey, what does that word mean? Because someone has used a word that might be related to the topic, but was never discussed in class. And the one thing I really like about this activity, in the end, you can share, well, this is what you already know language-wise on this topic, just to make them realize that a bit, give them that success experience. That's something I also really like about this little activity. So these are three ways to implement this, this retention um, in a clear lesson where you focus both on content and language. Now, this week, next Wednesday, I will host a mini workshop on the five steps to prepare any clear lesson. I call it from planning to practice. Um, and I will share more of these ideas that you can use to improve the retention in your lesson. You can join for free. Just go to clearmedia.com slash mini workshop um, or clearmedia.com slash webinar if you find it easier to remember. I will also link to it in the show notes. Um, I did a version of this mini workshop a month ago and I got a lot of good feedback on it. A lot of people really appreciated it. Um, so I hope to see you live during this session. I hosted three times throughout the day to accommodate for different time zones. So I really look forward to seeing you there and you can ask me any questions about planning a clue lesson then i hope you take away some useful things from this uh, episode i discussed the um ebenhaus forgetting curve that helps you to make sure that students remember things better um three practical ways to do that are the opening question the choice board and the alphabet activity that's it for this session i hope you liked it let me know and um, good luck with listening to all the other episodes if you haven't done so already. And if you did, we'll, we'll, there will be another one next week. See you around.